You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. No need for any kind of that stuff at all. No room in this, in this country for that kind of behavior. Boy, John, that just makes you sick, doesn't it? 14 seconds left. The crowd reacting. And these officials really need to get off the field. And you know what? The fans got to stop throwing crap. We just saw a guy get hit in the head and he's down, split his head wide open. The fans have got to control themselves. People are getting hurt. Live from the world-famous Laugh Factory on the Sunset Strip, this is the Fanatics Podcast with your host, Sean Joshi. Hey guys, what's up? It is Sean Joshi, not coming to you from the Laugh Factory, but on the road somewhere between Sacramento and Reno, beautiful Reno, I'm here with Bill Dawes, couple of road warriors. Yeah, road dogs. Road dogs. How you doing, Bill Dawes? How's everything going? Everything's good. We've been uh, driving for about uh, six hours now. Six hours now. I know Bill was late to pick me up from my apartment this morning. I texted at 8.30. We were supposed to leave at 9. He didn't show up till what time? 9 30. 9 30. He came out 9.55. 9.45. It was a 15-minute grace period. Come gonna, on. Are you going to trust me or the stoner sitting next to me? <laughs> That's racist, man. Why you got to bring <laughs> race into it and shit? Yeah, we're here, though. We've had fun so far. We've been, um, we've been what? Tailgated by a blue BMWs the whole way with vanity license plates. 100% people driving BMWs are douchebags. What do you think the douchiest car driver is? Who drives oh, the mean, douchiest car? A purple Lamborghini is the douchiest. Or purple like Lamborghini, that's Lamborghini. pretty, I think yellow Lambo gets yeah. on the douche scale. Or that weird, like, uh, that weird sort of multicolor rainbowish sort of, yeah. like, predator-looking monster thing. Yeah. See, that has no taste to me. Like, if you're gonna buy a $200,000 car, like, and you get a McLaren, there's nothing fucking unique about that, even if it's a good car. I'd rather have something with a little taste. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I don't know, like an XJ1 from the 60s or something like cool like that. Something with flavor. Yeah, yeah. You know what something I mean? that makes sense. I mean, how how much do you want to advertise you have a small penis to the rest of the world? You don't. That's a question. You don't want to do it. Uh, it's been an interesting week in sports, to say the least. Uh, my favorite moment of the week was this. Uh, this is audio from a brawl that broke out during a 12 and under softball tournament in Brickyard Park, Kingsport, Tennessee. Just listen to the audio. This is where we are as a country right now. (laughs) At this point, you guys, it looks like the fucking river sticks. There's a bunch of 45-year-old dads it looks like a bunch of dudes who talk really loud about business and airports. And there's really like 15 of them like wrestling on the ground and kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, and those are the kids screaming. Those are the, the wives, like a 50-year-old, 4-year-old <laughs> wives just screaming their heads off doing nothing, just standing there. Do you think this is how caveman brawls were back in the day, Bill? No, I think cavemen knew how to fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean in terms of the cavemen fighting and the women shrieking around them. No, because I, I, I tell you why, no. Or do you think the cavemen, cave women got down with the brawls? Because there's something about the brawls nowadays that aren't about survival or actually about killing people. It's yeah. 100% about ego. And I think back in the day when you were trying to run from your life from a stegosaurus, I guess dinosaurs <laughs> people didn't coexist, but whatever. It depends what, part, the tiger. It depends what part of Kentucky you're in. You yeah, know what I mean? but like they, they, did, they fought for survival and protection. This isn't yeah. survival. This is a 12 and unders game. This is ridiculous. I used to ref six show. It was called the Hummer League and, and soccer. Oh, really? Was that would, a fucking shit show? Coaches would wait, so you're me. Say, wait, so you're saying, like, you know, in, in 2001, A Space Odyssey, it shows the evolution of mankind at the beginning. Yeah. And you know how they're fighting over resources and shit like that, yeah. like water sources. So yeah. you're saying these motherfuckers are just, they, they don't have anything to fight for, so they're fighting over girls. Okay, I'm going to go deep cuts about this. Go the, deep cuts. The amygdala, which was, de- it was the fight or flight part of the brain, right? Yeah. That was developed the oblongata, right? Yes, that was developed. I for, learned that from the Water Boy, <laughs> Bobby was, Boucher. Yeah, and that was developed for literal survival. Yeah. Nowadays, we don't need 
a survival instinct. We really don't. When's the last time you needed your survival instinct? I just run anyways. I'm way too much yeah. of a pussy. But to it never fight. comes to like how I'm I'm not like, oh, fighting. I'm, I'm running from a gun. I'm running from. It like comes like twice in your lifetime. Yeah. But so instead, that's been like subverted so that whenever someone says fuck you, we're like. <gasps> so we have we off. have a useless yes. agro center that we make about our ego and make it think, about fake fear. Do you think that's why where affliction T-shirts were designed in the oblongata? Absolutely. Perhaps. Yeah. I think so. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but just listen to these guys. This is so crazy. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it so much. I don't think there's a sound I hate more in the world than bros fighting and uh, bros chicks like shrieking. Sick. You know? Yeah. It, oh, and they're all wearing khaki shorts. It's like hanging out with the people that didn't make it to the cast of the Jersey Shore. You know the people that uh, caught, caught run around earlier? Yeah, and you're like, I can't believe that happened. And you're like, oh, what, Tennessee? Okay, that yeah, makes uh, sense. But so you used to work as a as a referee in a youth league? Yeah. That sounds like, like maybe it's roles. not the seventh circle of hell, but maybe the fourth or fifth circle of hell. I, Was I that mean, just I've terrible? Been, I've been playing sports. You know, I played sports and played through high school, played in college, and... Nobody was meaner and more evil than parents of, of soccer players. I swear to God. They're the true essence of the word fanatics, I would say, soccer dads. Like, where does that come from? I think it's like uh, Denzel Washington in Fences, but reversed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just failed dreams, and they're living vicariously through I, their kids. Look, it's been a while since I played youth soccer or, or since I wrestled. I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe... Dad's more sensitive now; they don't do it. But at the time, I literally would get, get threatened for making a call against huh. someone's child. That's and so people crazy. Would come, and there would be brawls of parents during soccer matches. That's so crazy. Because right? they're just, you know, they, and I guess they think we're going to make you tough so you can learn how to burr, burr, you know, yeah. survive in the world. Well, people are crazy about soccer, man. This from the World Cup: two monitoring stations in Mexico City picked up uh, the Tembler. Uh, which is the tremble from uh, the same time. It's called Tembler? I guess Tembler, unless USA Today has a typo, that paragon of journalism. But basically, when Lozano scored 35 into, uh, minutes into the match, seismologists in Chile also said their instruments uh, detected an artificial tremble at the same time, leading many people to believe that there was a fan-induced earthquake, that that's how rowdy the Mexican people were. Yeah. After that goal, I'm not so big there off me and all those churros. <laughs> Eating those churros, Charles Brock. But personally, I think that's the sound of love making. That's babies being made yeah. into the, for the next century. Yeah, for sure. Because we like, need more of those. They did a study off of, I'm sure Trump will love that. He'll have even more to deal with. Uh, they did a study in Boston after they won the World Series and they had their own little like baby boom. Uh, after they broke the curse. Oh, really? So, Bill Dawes, were you making any sweet, sweet love when Lozano scored in the 35th minute? And what's your take on this whole situation? On the on the Richter scale thing? Yeah. I think it's a, a, a nice AP article to send to America who doesn't give a shit about the World Cup right now to get them <laughs> to care. Right. No, I mean, I don't really care. You know, look, so it's, what are you it's making like love the Olympics. When the, Lozano scored a goal or no? Um, Inquiring Jim, fans want to know. I, I, I might have been jerking off to porn empty. <laughs> That was more of a sad whimper it really than an was. earthquake. I feel sad. <laughs> I feel sad for you right now. <laughs> All right, I'll put my dick back in my hands. You put your thank you. It's been very awkward. Bill has had his penis out the entire time we've been on the road. <laughs> He's been shaking it indiscriminately at people who drive by us in BMWs. Oh, those fucking us blue BMWs. Yeah, tell us a little bit about where we're heading right now. So we're going to Reno, which is actually, uh, it's sort of a, a very athletic, believe it or not, it's a very athletic. You just can't, you can't, give, you can't you give when you want to fight, you can't stop people from It's fighting. like the rock climbing uh, capital of uh, America. Shut up. I, I thought know, it was, I made it up. I don't know, but sure. It sounds more like, like the meth hooking capital Rock climbing and meth, the world. meth hooking. Yeah, those two are the number one, one and two. Yeah. Well, like... Reno to me is very interesting. I know a lot of people think meth head when you say Reno, like this gas station tweaker who is live from yeah, Reno. This is in Reno? Yes. I mean, I just, I'm. What have you done tonight? I don't know, but I think drugs might help me. Might help, no, they ain't gonna help because they're burning you, know you out. You in a pink robe and a dress in a gas station trying to get gas with a food cart. 
Are you recording me? <laughs> You're in a pink robe in a gas station in a Hello Kitty robe trying to get gas with a food cart. I thought that was food card. Is a food cart? No, food card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to understand meth yeah. hookers. You have to speak the language, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But actually, I was very impressed. I've been to Reno a couple times. They're actually trying, there's like a little foodie scene and it's yeah. like legit fucking beautiful. Well, it's right like, by Tahoe. The so mountains there's, there's skiing everywhere. There's hiking. Yeah, there's a lot. And then there's meth. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would advise wrapping it up in Reno and being very careful in that way, uh, which is also a theme over at the World Cup. We had a head of parliament in Russia advise. This is from the Guardian. Uh, she says Russian women should avoid sex with non-white foreign men during the football World Cup. Oh, they said non-white. Non-white wow. foreign men, because that's how Russia rolls, motherfucker. Yeah. They don't fuck around. We do not like to temper with our jinpu. I used to live in Central Europe, and in, in Prague, and I was told specifically not to go to Russia because I'd probably be the subject of uh, physical and verbal taunts. Oh. But she said Russian women should avoid sex with non-white foreign men during the football World Cup because they could become single mothers to mixed-race children a senior lawmaker in Moscow said Wednesday. Uh, Not that many black people play soccer. They're, oh, of we're course. talking about that. Yeah. She wants, she wants them only to avoid sex with non-white foreign men. Bill Dawes, do you avoid sex with non-white foreign men? Absolutely. As best, as best I can. You can't avoid it all the time. But Now, what's the difference between a white man lover and a non- <laughs> white foreign man. Is there a difference I mean, in I'm, smell or taste, perhaps? I'm guessing. Because I'm going to tell you, I you used... Know, I your, went your, out, your viewers don't know me, now think I'm gay. <laughs> well, you know, there's been talk, Bill, inquiring. I am wearing a tank listeners top H&M right now. Yeah, he's wearing those glasses that look like he's about to call the police on a black barbecue in Oakland. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But is there is there a, a difference between foreign men and non-white foreign men? I went out with this girl at a, a Mexican restaurant, and she was not Mexican, but all she ate was Mexican food because it was free, and literally I couldn't go down on her because it smelled like the number four Huevos Ranchero special. It ruined the relationship. Have you ever had but, a but circumstance she, like that? Was she a non-white person? Was she, she was a white She's a white person, person who ate the Mexican. Because so, she well, worked apparently, at and you should That's know what this. I'm saying. It doesn't well, matter. curry is very invasive, so Indian women's vaginas smell like curry. That's Googleable. That's not me being racist. That's, that's a Googleable. literal... Yeah. Well, I, it's not just in... It's people who eat curry. Which are Indian people. Right. It's not like a biological thing. No, it's not biological, but if you eat a lot of... But, but there are certain things that are very pervasive. Indian, like in Hawaii, they eat a lot of pineapple, so they're come taste sweet apparently yeah. allegedly I don't know they eat a lot of spam too oh yeah maybe who knows so are you saying that Hawaiians have the best tasting sperm I'm, I'm guessing they probably do because of pineapple well there we just learned something on today's podcast yeah. ladies and gentlemen I bet you vegans have awful tasting sperm <laughs> but this lady uh, Tamara Pletnyova uh, I think she needs to have some non-white foreign men sperm perhaps because she's super racist she says, even when Russian women marry foreigners, the relationships often end badly, said, to, said Tamara, <laughs> head of Parliament's Committee for Families, Women, and Children. Women are often stranded abroad or in Russia, but unable to get their children back, she said. She spoke in response to a question from a radio station about the so-called, quote-unquote, children of the Olympics after the Moscow Games in 1980, a time when contraception was not widely available in the country. That's crazy. I have a feeling contraception still isn't yeah. widely available in the country. Yeah. The term uh, children of the Olympics was used during the Soviet area to describe non-white children conceived at international events after relationships between Russian women and men from Africa, Latin American, or Asia. Many of the children <laughs> faced discrimination I just love that term, children of the Olympics. Like, oh it sounds God. like they're superheroes or something. And they are superheroes. I mean, they're, the, the Russian gene pool has been pretty, like, you know, ingrained for a while now. So it's Incestuous. Good it's, it's like if Kentucky was a country. Yeah, you know? if they didn't, like, you know, have a try to commit genocide for any biracial people, it'd actually be a great idea for yeah. them to do that. She said, we must give birth to our children. 
these <laughs> these so fucking terrible. These mixed race kids <gasps> suffer and have suffered since Soviet times. Because I think, you, bitch. I think they she could win Steve King's Congress seat in Iowa. Probably oh she'd have a she could win chance. presidency in the U.S. She definitely has the Russian support. <laughs> but speaking about uh, talking and fucking. There was a hilarious moment at this year's U.S. Open. First of all, the U.S. Open is getting a lot of shit because the course was apparently so hard it was unenjoyable to watch, which if anybody tried to watch it, it was pretty brutal. As opposed to the normal, like, awesome, <laughs> awesome spectator sport that golf is. I actually like watching golf as a spectator sport. There's something about you're a, a stoner. four-day four tournament that it builds up the tension at the end. But maybe I just, like getting high and looking at greenery yeah but there was hilarious you know Fox had the broadcast this year uh, which they made that place look really stark Bill Simmons had a great tweet and he was like uh, they've done a Fox has done a great job in making Shinnecock look like a Kubrick film and it played that way too is a Kubrick film like on a sports Kubrick center film. no 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 this was Simmons Bill Simmons oh. was tweeting about it but during uh during one of Phil Mickelson's when he was taking a shot from Deadspin uh, there was a conversation that made its way somehow onto Fox Sports' one uh, broadcast of the U.S. Open second round at Shinnecock Hills. And we won't even speculate who it is or how it got there, but it somehow happened during a Pat, uh, excuse me, Patrick Reed shot. And here's, here's the audio. You can hear it especially if you know what's coming. It's a conversation between two bros talking about fucking like they will. The first one goes, that's my ex. The second one goes, yeah, she's hot. And the third one, uh, explain some very aggressive sex. That's when I I was fucking her so hard and I headbutted her in the head and I smacked that bitch. We went and kind of got in the Muppets position and she sat up. Uh, and no word yet on these two will be the new co-hosts on Fox and Friends. Hey now. <laughs> Cover to you next month and everything. But uh, but yeah, see if you can see if you can spot the audio. I know you're living a good cause, but she's hot. That's when I we were fucking so hard, and I headbutted her in the head. Sure. Nah, four, 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 four. Smack that bitch around. Yeah, what actually happened here? She fell. Uh, no, straight up, like we went and kind of did in the mother's position. I was laying down. Second shot for the Masters champion. I love, I, love the sound, I love the sound of the birds and the golf clap. Oh, the, the bird track and the polite the, the golf sweet little bird and the golf clap. But that is kind of what golf is. It's just a bunch of, like, dudes and bros, like, with this veneer of, like, stability. But is that, 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 that to me, if a guy was talking to me like that, I'd be like, what are you trying to prove, dude? Yeah. First of all, like he's like straight up. He's talking like a black guy, and he's like, "Oh, I'm smacking that bitch, or whatever." What is the Muppets position? Most yeah. Importantly? Well, yeah. I, that was actually what I was gonna ask you. We went and kind of got in the Muppets position, and she sat up. What the fuck is the Muppets position? Yeah, I mean, and I, it's it just, like it I'm interested, like, but not enough to Google it. Yeah, know? it sounds like it definitely involves fisting up a phallic penis. But yeah, if you talk to the head of the Parliament uh, Committee for Families, Women, and Children, she's advising Russian women not to do the Muppet uh, position with Latinos. Natasha, do not get in the Muppet position with uh, Ronaldo, please. No Latinos, no blacks. We have an ugly mud person baby. And I would say no Indians, except for we didn't make the World Cup, just like the United uh, States. Uh, well, yeah, you, that's why I didn't have to warn them about the United States. We <laughs> well, you ones. know, the crazy thing about India is we have a billion people, and we can't find 11 people on the pitch to make the World Cup. I don't you're playing get cricket. That. Yeah, we are very good at cricket. We are yeah. very good at cricket. But, yeah. Speaking of irrelevant sports. Actually, cricket is the second or third most popular sport in the world. Do you know that in 2007 and 2006, the IPL, the Indian Premier League, you could have bought a cricket franchise for $100,000. Oh, They're man. all valued at a billion dollars at least. Oh, Can you believe that? That would have been a good idea. And Russell Peters is at the local casino here in Sacramento yes. if you guys want to come on June 23rd. Great cricket player, that guy. Great cricket player, uh, Russell Peters. What else do we have going on in the World Cup? We had uh, Henry Kane equalizing in the 91st minute against Trinidad and Tobago, thereby uh, avoiding another disappointing group result for the English, which is like great. I saw these videos of English people being happy, but mm -hmm. what's sad about this 
is if a country like Trinidad and Tobago draws with England, those people are fucking legends for the rest of their life. That'll be like their miracle on ice. Yeah. They'll build statues to those guys. You know? Now, let me ask you a question about this. This is going to come yeah. off maybe a little racist, but let's be adults about it. That's fine. Um, so, black people are better athletes, right? Let's just admit I, it. I, no, no, no. I, they, they're naturally better athletes. No. Genetically better athletes. No. Okay, yeah, right. No. no. It's cultural reinforcement. Oh, get the fuck out of here. You're saying that, that the, the fact that black people this won the 100 yard da- meter dash this every year for the past 30 years is because of culture. If you go, yes. If you go, no, it's science. If you go to Kenya and where they run marathons, the fact that you know they're running those uh, between villages to school and they're doing that over and over again across generations, it becomes culturally reinforced. There's actually no scientific backing uh, for uh, that premise. There, there definitely is, but you just don't want to read it. No, there's not. I've actually read the studies. There's, there's not. So there's I've nothing been, about black people having more fast twitch muscles and white people have more slow twitch no, muscles. No, no. There's, there's a guy. There's a guy. And and and, on, and honestly, a lot of these studies, which have been undertaken by scientific people, have been in an attempt to classify uh, human beings into different species and subgenus. But there's no, there's no scientific proof for it. Well, I understand that you're taking the liberal chant that like, hey, I'm if you're not. racist it's about one scientific. thing, you're racist about everything. It's, it's science. Not, you're, find, you can find maybe three white people who can dunk like like LeBron James in the planet. Brent Barry in his head could yeah, is, there is, is better. One. Mario Hazania right now is a better dunker uh, than uh, LeBron James. Are you yeah, really making the argument that... that, that Genetically, white people uh, can jump and run. Well, let's look at the NBA. Like, why? Why are there so many white European players? And how come there's they're all no hitting white three American pointers? Players? They're not jamming unless they're like seven foot four. Oh yes, they are jamming. They absolutely oh, are. I think I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> but my point is this. What the fuck was your point? My point is that Trinidad Tobago. Those are mostly. I'm assuming they're black athletes. Yeah. Why? Why aren't they just killing it? Don't you think we got because our best don't you black realize athletes that that, playing World Cup American that, soccer? Don't you realize win? that that serves my argument more than yours? You just I do, but yourself. I still don't agree with you. Yeah, otherwise, you know, those African countries would be dominating the World Cup. There's yeah. no factual basis, Mr. Jimmy the Greek. Well, yeah, Jimmy Greek said that, and everyone's like, that's so awful, they fired them 10 years later. Look, man, he's kind of right. Well, no, he's he's not right though. Oh, get out of here! Okay, we're gonna yeah. Google this shit afterwards. All right, let's Google you it. You can't like you can't admit. Like, can we say that black people have bigger penises? Is that something that we're allowed to say on are average? You, are you are? Is your point that black people can actually get into the Muppets position having sex? Yes. Is that yes, your that point? Yes. That white guy. There's no way he got in the Muppets position. That's really hard. First, you have to be in a balcony. <laughs> you have to go all the way up to their mouth. You have to go up to the balcony, and you have to have a flaccid penis. Which yes. makes it even harder. You have to be able to make the woman talk with your penis. I exactly. think is what it is. Exactly. But uh, there was kind of a funny moment um, also that happened at the... Wait, wait. Before we get to that. Um, so are you watching the World Cup? Or are you not watching the World Cup? Me? No, I'm definitely not watching the World Cup because U.S. isn't in it. So now I don't care. Although I played soccer my whole life. Yeah. We had interesting results today. But they were like... It was like Japan... Uh, Poland, oh, Japan Colombia. Beat, Japan beat someone, or yeah, it was all like the matches Columbia. today are like yeah, Japan beat Colombia, then there was Senegal and Russia beat Egypt. But the matches today were pretty much like like uh, like the equivalent of Cincinnati Cleveland Browns or or like I don't know Tennessee Jacksonville. They're not like interesting matches to watch. Yeah, yeah, we don't care yet. It's just the World Cup. Like I don't really, I don't really like. It's like NBA, shit. NBA. You don't care until the finals, really. Let's be honest. Who's watching the regular season? Yeah, it's just like, just, just me because I'm dumb about the NBA. Yeah. But yeah, Phil, Phil Mickelson. Uh, he was on the 13th, and he gets to the green right, and he puts it, and as the ball is moving, he he hits it back towards the hole. It's kind of a crazy moment. Astounded the broadcasters. I love astounded golf broadcasters too. Astounded so, golf like, broadcasters. Not astounded. It's like, oh, that is shocking. But Stenson and Rose and Kepka, Poulter and Fowler, these guys can get it going, Curtis. This for bogey a moment ago at 13. This speed has been terrible. Whoa. Whoa. 
Wow. I, that That's stunning. David Fay uh, here in the booth. Uh, we just saw Phil Mickelson. It looks like he's going full Richie Tenenbaum. <laughs> like he just has a meltdown and he walks off the course. Have you ever had a situation in your comedy career where you just wanted to walk the fuck out of off the stage? Uh, to me, the equivalent of that is like getting a heckler thrown out. Like sometimes. Explain. What do well, you mean? Well, you, you, you go like a heckler says something and you're like, okay, I have electricity, I have a microphone, I'm gonna win. So you go back to them, and then maybe get, and then maybe they come back with something that like completely slams you. And instead of being an adult and, and taking the hit in the chin, you go, hey, security, get this person thrown out. Oh, you mean when you when the heckler like out heckles you? Well, I, I find a lot of times that comics It happens. I think it happens. It happens to everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, At least but like, except, like, I hate it when comics, like, they, they, they're talking to the heckler. They're making the heckler engage with them. Oh, and, and then, then when the heckler gets wanna... better of them, they get them thrown out. I'm like, they just want to. I mean, I'm not gonna say tank hook, but like certain people, like I see them <laughs> to it a bunch where they're just like, just if they get something where they talk about your album, it's like, okay, good. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, that's really interesting, and I think a lot of people don't know about that. There's this, you know, how golf has like a certain uh, unsaid etiquette that you just have to like know about, like don't step on the line, this or that. There's definitely something with comics where you don't want to kick out people, even no. if they're heckling. You, it's like being it's, on a bull. It's kind of cheating. It's riding the bull. You wanna, you wanna handle it and move the show on, but you wanna be able to do it without kicking people out, right? Yes, what's, of course. What's your philosophy on? on I, I, I can't remember the last time I kicked somebody out, but it would take. I, I, I just get, get to a point where I'm like, you gotta be quiet. You gotta be quiet, and then. Usually at that point, then security tells them, "Hey, you gotta be quiet." If they keep talking, then it's not on me anymore. That's on security. I've never had yeah. anyone like. I think one time in my, I just did because I hadn't done it before. I wanted to know how it felt, and I what felt like an do? asshole. I just said, "Hey, you gotta get these guys out." And I threw out this this couple with their uh, girlfriends. And they, I've I've never done that. Yeah. They usually I've had a couple just like just leave. You well, know what I mean? Because they're so upset. One woman, yeah. one white woman called me racist. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I was like, "You're you're 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 white." <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? How are you? What are you? What's wrong? Isn't the rule that like as a minority you cannot be racist? I'm serious. Well, you, as, by you can, but I, it was just like I was just doing like humor about stuff, yeah. and like she's just so like that's the thing about comedy is you're gonna offend somebody now these days, no matter what you do and it was a late show and you know late shows the material is also a little bit different like an 11 o'clock 11 30 is going to be different than an eight o'clock yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean but i don't even remember what the joke was but she got so upset she goes you are such a fucking racist and i was like yo lady i'm pretty sure it's columbus day right now you know what i mean like people are so uh, tight these days she's obviously is, a white woman Obviously white, which is yeah. just so tight these days, which is why I'm pretty sure anal is going out of fashion and stuff. But I don't no, I, know. But I think, actually, I disagree. I think they want it more because, like, they're so uptight in their everyday life, like, meh, meh, that when they get in the bedroom, they just have to be... Oh, so you're saying angry. there's an increase in anal, in anal because everybody's anal. Yeah. so stuck up. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the UFC, there was a, a new event <laughs> this past week. It's the first bare-knuckle fighting club tournament hey we lost you there because my brother called this is how professional this show is we get one phone call and the entire recording apparatus yeah. falls apart it down. do you see the struggle i have to go through bill Dawes? Well, let's call your brother just to make our, should we call my brother and yeah, see what he him. wants let's call him and see what he wants okay we should play trick on him what do you want to play i don't know like i can't find you or something <laughs> yeah let's do that Let's do that. And now he's the asshole isn't picking up. He's screening you. He's ruining the podcast and not picking up. Oh, he's like, I'm gonna go pick up that phone, my loser fucking comedy brother. Oh my god. Leave a message, Bill Dawes. Okay, I'll leave a message. It's not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you oh may my hang God, up lady. or press 1 for more options. Hey, uh, this is, um, my name is Bill. I'm calling because I found this uh, phone at the hustle store uh, in L.A. And I don't know who it is, but this is the last number that was called. So, um, 
Uh, call me back if you want to, uh, who, whoever this is, and if you want to get this phone back. Um, he left it uh, behind a couple of magazines. Okay, bye. <laughs> I generally hope he's very perplexed about that and calls back soon. I know I, I would. I couldn't think of anything other than the Hustler store. The Hustler store? Why I the Hustler know. store? I thought like you're watching game porn. I don't know. That's like, all my brain. Pink Pussycat? What? I didn't want to be like he's at like the hand job hut on fucking Santa Monica. Oh, but this is your phone that I called from, not my phone. Oh, that makes no sense then. Yeah, that what you just said doesn't make any sense. Okay, whatever. Anyways, we were at... <laughs> We're at the bare knuckles. I tried. Oh yeah. Everything is going wrong now. <laughs> we got John Schofield playing. Whatever, man. I when I was in college, I got that song downloaded. I'm not a go-go fan. All the technology is going you wrong right now. Can you stop my. Everything fucking... is going wrong. Can you stop a go-go? Yes. Talk about cultural appropriation. What kind of shitty elevator music do you listen to? No, man. It's white jazz, bro. Yeah, this is awfully men. It's like for people who have lip rings and attended Berkeley College of Music. Nice. You know? Do you like well that? Do you like that? Very yeah. well played. Yeah, but <laughs> to get back to the bare knuckle championship. So like we've completely fucking regressed as a culture. Uh, you know, the whole reason they started having rules in the first place was because it was so brutal and now there's a return of it. Roughly two thousand people packed the Cheyenne Ice and Event Center here on Saturday night lured by the promise of a violent spectacle unlike any since the late oh 19th God. century. Now that's, now that's my fucking manager. Should we talk to him? Here's yeah, Bill's yeah, manager. Yeah. Taking a call. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on? I'm on the way to Reno. Hi, David Management. Welcome to the Fanatics Podcast, recording live right now. We have a real-life Hollywood manager on the line here, folks. Yes. Bill Manager Dave. Yeah, we're not going to get your full name because you couldn't find it on IMDb. <laughs> is it true you are not on IMDb, Dave? No, he is. I was being sarcastic. What the fuck? I was being sarcastic. Uh, Dave, I'm... Uh, are you calling me? I got some Hollywood shit. I got some Hollywood shit. I can't like, say shit. I mean, yeah, you can say, say whatever, whatever you want. We can always cut it. Alright, cool, cool. We're gonna set up... Uh, I met my daughter on Facebook pitch with Red Hour. They're digging it. I'm gonna get you in the room with Jackie Cohn. Um, Jackie Cohn from, from Glow? Um, oh, no, just Jackie Tone. Oh, I would... I, I got a little chub. Joel and Ethan Cohen from Blood Simple? Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Are you looking to manage any bald Indians? Perhaps. Perhaps. If you say no. If you say no, that makes you a racist, sir. I just want you to know that. <laughs> now, he, 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 is in his, he is bald, he's in his 30s, has no acting experience. But you know what? The scandal is worth it. It's Let totally worth it, Dave. Totally worth it. Yeah. Wait until you... Wait until you see my dimples, brother. Yeah, he can tell a dick joke at 2.30 a.m. at the Laugh Factory like you've never seen. You're goddamn right. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, oh, man. All right, should I call you when I get right, when I get back to Reno? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Dave. I'll, Thank bo you, Dave. I'll book more work than Bill. Don't worry. Oh, God. All right, bye. Thanks. Tell you soon. Hey, Dave, our new manager. That was fun. <laughs> oh, shit. particular reason for that work. Uh, How do you pause the shit? We are a well-tuned ship, ladies and gentlemen. We yes. are. We are. People love mistakes. It's great. We are on the road, heading uh, from uh, L.A. to Reno, about two hours out. Reno, the most magical place on the world, and the cultural capital of the Milky Way. Now, I was making headway with your manager and charming him. Oh, Why'd God. you feel the need to neg me there? Because, 
Are you serious? Yes. If you feel hurt by that, I apologize. I I'm would actually, very hurt by that. I would put. I can't have been sarcastic. That's probably being I'm, I'm so hurt right now. If you honestly were looking for a manager, he, look. By the way, he, I would totally get show up and send me your stuff. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. I don't have any like weird like uh, jealousy or possession over shit like that. Like if he likes you, that's great. I love it. Guys, I want you to see how defensive Bill is getting right now. It's oh, amazing. God, I'm not. I just don't want you to, I feel bad that you think that I... You, you <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm teasing. Okay. I'm teasing. It's a put-on. I would never do it's that. It's a put-on. I would never do that to your face. I would seriously... <laughs> if you're going to do that, will you please do it behind my back? Yeah, it's LA. Where else would I do it? Yeah. Uh, I was trying to get to this bare-knuckle story, but every time we try to get to it, some motherfucker calls! It's God's way of telling us, like, don't talk about bare-knuckle. Don't start it. Well, okay, well, it was the first bare knuckle. Roughly 2,000 people packed the Cheyenne Ice and Event Center on Saturday night, lured by the promise of a violent spectacle unlike any since the late 19th century. What they got was three hours of bloody entertainment with only a few lulls in action. The bare knuckle fighting championship promotion billed this event as the beginning. And that's exactly what BKFC President Dave Feldman felt like he witnessed. I feel like this is the start of something. I really do. No kicks, elbows, or knee strikes were allowed, much like in boxing. Uh, a high degree of clinch fighting was tolerated, much like in MMA. Fighters began each other by towing the line in the center of the ring. And not unlike old-time bare-knuckle bouts under the London Prize ring rules, rounds only lasted about two minutes or so. I don't know. You know, I'm old school in the sense that I still fucking like boxing. I know I'm in the minority. I think UFC is kind of boring. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, that ground and pound, like dudes in their underwear hugging. Uh, doesn't really, like, entertain me, you know. Yeah, as opposed to boxing, which is fat dudes with, like, boxer, over right, over uh, sized boxer pants pulled up past their nipples. <laughs> That's only the heavyweight division, Bill Dawes. Okay, right. I like the five, six, like, uh, Latino dudes who throw, oh, like, now? 250 <laughs> punches around. Yeah, Those are my guys. But do you think, uh, do you think there's space here for bare knuckle boxing? I know, I know uh, you're a big MMA guy. Oh, I'm so big into MMA. Yeah, no. I You're think not into no, of, of course not. I, th I think there's absolutely a space. I mean, what's been happening with the UFC is a lot of people who got into it for the blood sport of it and for the idea of, like, ancient Roman gladiator days, like, men combat. It's been, in their opinion, it's been sanitized. That's why they got in things like Kimbo Slice and those Irish, like, clans fighting each other on yeah. the internet. So I think this is really, like, an offshoot of the birth of, like, internet fights going crazy. Like, there's so many websites, so many... Uh, you know, YouTube and Instagram videos of just people fighting on the streets. So I don't know, maybe it's yeah. like Trump people I, it's are like, more violent. You think it's the world star? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the world star effect. Like, and people are like, no one's monetizing it outside of like these YouTube and like these apps. So I think yeah. finally someone's like, hey, we can actually, we can literally make money. The reason UFC stopped doing it because they were losing money. They weren't making any money. So they had to get, they had to sanitize it and make it more palatable and make, they also didn't make sure it could be licensed in states that would yeah, I know they had a big problem with licensing when they started, but UFC is kind of the big guys in town now. Yeah, you know, no, bare knuckle boxing will never get nearly as big as UFC. No, no Fortune 500 company is going to represent. I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. But um, I do think it's like very weird that it's like even allowed. Like we got over that shit in 1915. Like, don't you remember watching like a river runs through it? And they're all like hanging out on the stoop in fucking like 1915 Whitefish, Montana. And there he's talking about, oh man, you know, I traveled abroad. I met the last Barrel Knuckles champion. You know, so it's crazy to me like we have this shit back outside of certain provinces in Russia where they only fuck non-white foreigner men. But I, I tell you what, why I think it works psychologically. Because everyone wants to know who's the toughest guy. Like that's the thing. And boxing, whoever was the best boxer was the toughest guy. And yeah. now, that, now then UFC was like, oh, that's the toughest guy. And now that UFC right. is the, has become that's so rule the anti, they're like, guy. well, the bare knucks boxer is definitely going to be the toughest guy. Well, no, that's interesting. It used to be like around the world in the country. It's who was the heavyweight champion of the world and who was the fastest man. Yeah. You know, those were the two most kind of biggest things. And now, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even fucking matter, you know? But that's the way everything is. There's disruptors. Like Netflix has been a disruptor to the big three. Having a sitcom as a comedian on the big three doesn't mean as much as it does because of media differentiation. 
Yeah, you, know? you can have a you can be a, a regular on a series, a sitcom, and not be able to headline. Now, what was in, your what in Omaha? You exactly. Now you do jujitsu, right? What's yes. your favorite part? Is it the holding of the men in the front or uh-huh. the hugging yeah, of the men? Yeah, here we go. Here come the jujitsu gay jokes. Uh, which one? There's not. I'm just saying. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where this comes from. The jujitsu. So I used to do yoga, right? I used yeah. to do a lot of it. I was a yoga teacher. Right. I taught kundalini. And I, right. and I took my thin ass, you're not Scotch Irish blonde hair, and pulled it back in this weak ass, brittly phony tail, and I uh, walked around like, oh, it was so spiritual light, and I, and I was a fucking scum, and I just fucked lots of women and pretended that I was a spiritual guy, and I drank, oh, you and were I the, smoked, you were the and dude I was like, in like dude, Indonesian yoga pants, like, I wasn't that bad, really but I was definitely like, adja- I was adjacent to the guy, because it was like, oh, hey, yeah. a threesome isn't about me getting two girls below me, it's about us all connecting, it's, in, you know, Indian it's definitely ta- Indian, shit. Indian take guys like you, the fake yoga guy. You yeah, know? I mean, I wasn't that bad, I didn't have like a Buddha <laughs> in my room, but like, it was a little bit like, because of a yoga teacher and then it was like how, then, so how'd you get to the and, and I would punch walls and I was fucking dirt up because you were so angry and, and, then, were angsty, and then someone yoga. was like hey man do jiu-jitsu with me and I was like no man do jiu-jitsu so I finally got dragged to a jiu-jitsu place yeah. and it was like I was hung over the next day and I just got like mopped the floor with like just people just beat me up and threw me around yeah and I was like, and I was wearing like the gi, which is the big robe. I felt like I'm like a grown ass man in this robe. I felt like a fucking idiot. But yeah. I committed for the months. So I was like, okay, I'll go back. And then you start going back, and then and then uh, like things happen. Like like the first time that you submit somebody to your will, like the first time you make someone tap out, you're like, yeah, holy fuck. But what's it, the first is, feeling of anally penetrating? Yeah, there we a, a go. Man, there we go. A so man. So one of you. Everyone. Own will. I'll tell you this about sex and the relationship to sex and jujitsu, right? <laughs> yes. During jujitsu, I never think about sex. Obviously, during right. sex, I think about jujitsu all the time. Right. I'm thinking See, I'm passing this I'm bitch's guard. Oh, side mount, full control. No, actually, Bill's been trying to get me to do jujitsu, and I would think about doing it because I want to be tough. Like, I think that I would make an awesome CIA agent because of how ethnically ambiguous I am. Because I could be like Colombian or Egyptian or Indian or Arab, but the one problem is that I'm a, a giant vagina. I'm a yeah, huge but there's pussy. A lot of, look at like, I don't have courage. At- to look, be a CIA agent Look at the agent people like the Joe Rogan crew, crew. A lot of those guys do 10th plant jiu-jitsu. Those guys are like hipsters with beards and glasses. And they wear like, you know, tight little uh, tights and shit. Yeah. And they do 10th plant. They smoke weed. And they go out there. And they learn how to kick ass. But what's the point of that? If you do something, you should really do it, you know? Yeah, well, I've had to choke people in classes before. Now, now you, in your jiu-jitsu, you got... So what belt are you on in your jiu-jitsu? I'm purple. You're purple. Yeah. And you had there, you had a very... A uh, famous kind of person you used to practice. Oh, it's my, it's my fucking brother now. Jesus Is Christ! It my phone? We're just getting okay, to him doing jujitsu. All right, all right, pick it up. It's Bill. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hi. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Oh, okay. Good. Who is this? Hi, can you not hear me? Hello. Oh. Uh, are, are you? Who are you looking for? Fuck. Is it bad reception? That would be great. Fucking John Schofield. Every time we get off the phone, fucking John Schofield has to play on this thing. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm driving and doing the fucking tech shit for your goddamn show. And my brother uh, keeps ruining the bit. Guess who's you behind me? A fucking BMW. <laughs> Is it really? I know. Yeah, a blue BMW with a vanity license plate, number one bimmer. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big fan of genocide regularly, but oh. you're really getting me onto this uh, blue BMW thing, and which means white man. <laughs> but you actually, let's try this again, and maybe he'll maybe he'll call back. But you actually practiced with somebody very famous, like Anthony yeah. Bourdain was in your jujitsu class, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he was- so he came in, he started at your gym, no? Yeah, he started, I think it was 57, 58. He started at Hensel Grace Academy in uh, 30th Street in Manhattan. Right. Because his wife was, uh, she was she's like, like a professional or some professional fighter. Well, like she's, MMA. she started very late, but she became a professional fighter. Yeah, she went from being this like like hot little model to being like a beast. Yeah, and we actually have, I didn't really realize until you told me how much Bourdain was um, 
was into the UFC, but he has kind of like a really uh, philosophical uh, approach to it that's really interesting. I wanted to I wanted to play that and get your thoughts. Here's here's Anthony Bourdain on the Charlie Rose show. Uh, no word. Okay, so we had the John Schofield dropout. Anytime John Schofield plays, uh, that means we're having technical difficulties. But to get back to the point, here's here's Bourdain. I didn't realize he had such a philosophical approach to jiu-jitsu. And I think if you're trying to approach any discipline in life, no matter what it be, whether it's something you're already an expert at, whether it's something new you're trying to learn, I no think No matter what it be, Shakespeare? <laughs> okay. No matter hard where where it may be, I think when these are. Come. These I'm trying to be earnest here, but okay. Uh, these are I think they're good words. I think they're good words. You seem awfully mellow today. <laughs> <laughs> what, is there a particular reason for that, or uh, I'm coming right from uh, right from jujitsu? Actually, it's a humbling uh, humbling experience getting just squashed by younger, more fit, more experienced people. Uh, Bill, were you one of those younger, were you yes. one of those squashing yes. younger motherfuckers? He did not like to roll with me. I, I, he didn't like to roll with no, you? No, I will say he was very strong. He actually won a gold medal at like the New York Open. For his, starting in his as a blue, age? As a blue belt in his age range. So it sounds like you were actually really, really impressed yeah. with Bourdain's the yeah, he was strong. He wasn't, you know, sometimes these people, they start, one of the best guys in the, in the world, Eddie Cummings, he was a physicist. He started at age like 28, and now he's considered one of the best in the world. Yeah, age, like I mean, 35. Dangerfield started comedy at like 47. I know Did he, he really? He quit for like 15 or 20 years, and he came back to it. But here's the... Uh, Here's the rest of the board. Why Because, I mean, that seems like something that I have known for a long time rather than some new sort of martial yeah. arts things. I started at 58. It's uh, the you last... When you were 58? Yeah. It's the last thing in the world I could have ever imagined wanting to do or enjoying. Uh, I've never been in, you know, hung out in a gym. I've never really cared about those things. I think it can best be explained by, at, at, at my age, to learn an entirely new skill is deeply satisfying. To recreate that feeling of being the lowest person on the totem pole in a kitchen back when I was 17, knowing nothing in a very hard world, the incremental, tiny satisfactions of being a little less awful at something every day, um, it's like that with, with, with uh, jiu-jitsu for me. I'm learning an entirely new skill, a very <sighs> difficult one. Uh, a phys very physically demanding one, but one that I think about for the rest of the day. They call it, you know, uh, physical chess. I think that is so true for comedy, too. Yeah. You know, like, I came in there with Jamie putting me on the bottom of the Midnight Madness, low guy on the totem pole, and just slowly trying to work your way up and get incrementally better. And really, it's, it's true of everything of an artisan base or artistic base really you know yeah I mean it's 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 always just good just to jump to the unknown when you're shitty at something that's what I'm trying to get you to do it and you're like no I'm uh -huh. stuck in my way I'm too much of a pussy but tell no, me we tell me about the courage of the lion Bourdain so he well, just he just went in there at 58 yeah and that Henner that Henner uh, whatever his name Gracie. is Gracie guy yeah. was like he he may have been a blue belt, but he had like the attitude of a black belt and shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. And no you saw that from him. So he was working. Yeah. What was his routine when he would come in there? Like he would go harder than other guys, or what? He would. You know, you're doing the gay stuff. I have to say how hard someone got. Well, no, I don't mean. I'm being earnest right now. No, he went. He went pretty hard. I remember like when I'd roll with him. He was not a guy. who was like he wasn't. Look, there are a lot of people, and I'm one of them. Who's like, man, hey, my knee hurt, my back. I got a herniated disc, and they're they're kind of like bitchy and moaning and they take things light he would he was never that guy yeah he would i mean look i weigh about 200 pounds yeah all muscle no but anthony bourdain was probably like 150 dripping wet you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. and you forget but the 50 pound difference to roll with a guy is hard and he would roll even with the guys who were i mean i, I you know, I had a hard time with him. It wasn't like I was playing with a child. Oh, so you you would spar with him? Oh yeah, I spar with him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Like uh, you tried out recently uh, for a role of Master of None, Aziz Ansari show, and it was right. actually to pay uh, a play a Bourdain like chef 
wasn't it? Well, it was the part with, I don't think they mentioned in the breakdown there's Anthony Bourdain, but it was Aziz Ansari. Tell them what it, tell the layman what's a breakdown. Oh, the breakdown's just the description of the episode and the character. Don't be so lingo, man. Don't, don't be know. so lingo. Alright, sorry. Not everyone hangs the out synopsis. at the synopsis. Not everyone hangs out at the HHS's, the hey, Hollywood the Hollywood hotspots. Um, you know? so, oh my god, you just made that that's so stupid. So <laughs> I actually hate clubs. I'm more of a bar guy. I hate yeah, the clubs in Hollywood. And the bars in Hollywood suck. A yeah. lot of fucking people. Yeah, people but, who love gonorrhea. You were saying about Bourdain. So, uh, what the fuck was I saying about Bourdain? So, coming he, in, he would go hard. Yeah, you know, he he was definitely like he was definitely a, like a hard charge. He wasn't making excuses. He he, he went and he, but he always hang out. He always hung out with like the white belts, the blue belts, the purple belts. He didn't yeah. hang out on the other end of the mat with the George St. Pierre's and right. like the you know the Gary Tonins and all those people who were like the big stars of uh, MMA. You right. see, the hung out with John. He hung out with like. The layman and like the right. but you you were you were fairly guys. you were fairly close to him like you were saying oh, tell yeah. me about the oh, master the, of none oh the master yeah so I had I, I mean I wasn't fairly close I definitely uh, I, I I contacted him to to about certain things that were like work oriented here and there that he was always he was always really receptive to and always responded to right one was a, a, a pitch for an anime series about a guy who's traveling around the, the universe sampling food different planets as an yeah. animated series. And I, I actually sent him that pitch. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but uh, like, oh, like a week before he passed, and uh, he was always responsive. He'd always say like, "Hey, I, I want to." Well, you can always here. say maybe he was a good friend. And <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I felt stupid because he he, he, what he was going through all that shit. And you're Instagram, like sending him pitch well, stuff. No, no, I know it was like a week before, but uh, on Instagram he had like three million followers, but he followed 100 people, and I was one of the people who he followed. On so Instagram. then all of a sudden. I'm getting all these followers from chefs and like random like people oh, around the after world. After he died or even after before? He, after he died. Like people were just going through his yes. list like who is this guy? Yes. And little do you know that you probably had your balls on his face at some point. Yeah, you know? but also, and I also think like why he followed me, like I don't think he, he liked a couple things I did oh. I guess on Instagram. Yeah. He wasn't like, I think he probably just like, okay, this poor schmuck, I'll make him feel cool by following him on Instagram. I don't you think, think he, why? That's I think it was why? a pity. I think it was a pity. You think follow. he got a pity follow? Yeah, kinda. Maybe he liked me. I don't know. But a, a pity, a pity follows kind of like a, a pity fuck. Maybe it's yeah. it's it's the f word that matters in that. Yes. Or does the pity does pity, the pity, pity outweigh? Fuck. I like that. So anyway, master of none. Uh, Aziz wrote this part. He, he he meets his chef. He goes, oh, this guy's gonna be a douche. I'm gonna hate this guy. He's pretentious. And then in this in the show, he ends up really liking this guy and go, this guy is so, so damn cool. I don't know what to do with myself. So in the show, the character hates this celebrity chef, and the chef just ends up being like a cool like, fucking guy. Al along the way, just every time uh, Aziz thinks he's going to be a jerk, he ends up being like the coolest guy ever. Right, he's right. like, I don't like it because I want to hate you. Why are you so fucking cool? So I thought it was. It, it reminded me of of Anthony Bourdain. So like next time I saw him, I said, hey. It may sound really weird, but there's this uh, part in the show by Aziz Ansari. He goes, oh, Aziz is a friend of mine. I don't think he liked me when he first met me. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is obviously based on you. So he, so you talked to her dating. He actually said, I don't think Aziz liked me. Yeah, so yeah. It, that character had to be based oh, on him. 100% based on him. That's so funny. Like The other thing I like about Bourdain is he was kind of like, had that Hunter Thompson streak in him where oh, yeah. he wasn't afraid to talk shit. And to yeah. call motherfuckers out. Yeah. I love it. Or just to call out generally bullshit things going on in society and also in food in particular because that was his world. Yeah. Like, I love the way, like, you know, through the show, and I think the Lebanon episode was really huge. That's kind of when that No Reservation show really became about talking to other people and understanding other people's cultures, which was, which was awesome and an important value of that show. But also just talking shit is great. You know yes. what I mean? Especially yes. about uh, other people in your profession, let's and, say. And it's also great because you never got the feeling that he was politically motivated or voted No, he was doing it out of his love sponsors of food. Or like whatever. His CNN love of food as a culture. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But here's him uh, just talking about celebrity chefs and stuff in general. Why, why do people give a shit about chefs? Yeah. Why? And it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, we were the losers in the family. It's a, it's a, it has traditionally been a profession. It has been a profession that is welcoming to misfits throughout history. The second smartest son in the family in France was the one who wasn't sent to university and who ended up going to trade school. Uh, the people who couldn't or, or didn't want to make it in the straight world ended up, you know, finding a welcoming place in, 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 in restaurants. 
so why do people suddenly, all of us who had got into the business because we presumably had bad communication skills, unlovely personal habits, <laughs> couldn't get along with anybody, why suddenly do we all have TV shows? Mm -hmm. um, it's something that, that I, I talk about a lot with other chefs. And I, I think the best answer, honest answer, is that you know, cookbooks and, and television shows about food, I mean, most of the people who watch your show, they're never going to eat your cake. They've never eaten your cakes, and they never are going to, but they love your show anyway. It's, for better or worse, I mean, and I say this as somebody who's milking this celebrity chef shit for everything I can get, um, <laughs> very happily, um, it's the new pornography, yeah. okay? It's, it's people seeing things on TV, mm. just watching people make things on TV that they're not going to be doing themselves anytime soon, just mm. like porn. Um, that's fucking hilarious, man. Like, that's a bit yes. you could do on stage. You know, like how cooking shows and porn are the same. Well, I think uh, Jim Gaffigan has a bit about that. Does he really? Yeah, about watching. He goes, when you're hungry, watching the food channels and watching porn. <laughs> yeah, but he's just incredibly incisive. Like, you could have substituted comedian for chef. Absolutely, Or kitchen yes. for comedy club. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, the thing to take away kind of there is it's not so much about learning to do something new like with jujitsu but actually learning just how to learn learning how to suck well, well being okay with sucking learning how to learn if you know how to learn the process of one thing and to become good at one thing you know how to learn the process to become good at really all things because the process is the same and you have to be willing to suck yeah at the beginning except for uh, dunking and because i'm white <laughs> Bringing it all back to that. Bringing it all back to that. But I even think in comedy, people aren't willing to suck as much as they as they should. You know? Yes. People, and, yes. But insta like uh, social media has ruined the ability to suck because nobody can suck now because if it gets recorded and it gets on there. You, you have to be okay with getting bullied. Yeah. Like bullies, you know, who was saying that, like, was Chris Rock? Bullies are half the equation Yeah. for, you know, hug a, hug a piece of cold you hug it you just get a dirty yeah. shirt yeah. so I think that like being bullied is actually okay because it resolves you and it can make you steely in certain things I mean I didn't do comedy because I went out of the gate just killing right you know I, I bombed every time I bombed it's a torturous like, process that. to I get good I got yeah. heckled fuck that I don't get heckled exactly I mean I just posted something on Instagram and so many people shit on me like Quit, quit, quit comedy, you're terrible, you're not funny, nobody thinks you're funny, you're ugly, you're 60 years old. And you know, <laughs> if, if that's enough to make me quit, then I should quit. How long have you been doing comedy, Bill? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Uh, Bill, if you don't know him, is a fantastic comedian. He's one of my favorite guys, and I'm not just saying that because I'm going to have to spend a, a week with him <laughs> yeah. here. But uh, here, here's, if you want to know Bill a little bit better, here's a bit... That you, that you wrote and kind of directed. Do you want to set it up a little bit yeah, before well, I play? I, I was, you know, I did this show, this Chocolate Sunday comedy special for Showtime. This is like 2013? 2013, I think. Yeah. And uh, and the head of it, Pookie, just said, hey. Uh, Pookie Wigington, he, he runs Chocolate Sunday. It's a huge show at the Laugh Factory on Sundays. He guy, manages Kevin Hart or something, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not good at so he's yeah. how about a bit where. And I was like one of like two white guys on this thing. And uh, there's how about a bit where someone's, a white guy wants to say the N-word, but he can't, so he uses a black guy to help him say the N-word. Right. So I was assigned that premise. Uh, and then... So you, you, are, you are a white guy who owns a black guy money. And to set it up, you're on stage with two other people. Uh, who are black. Who's the dude next to you is a comic, right? Yeah, Eric. Eric Blake, who's like, he's like from the hood. Tall black dude who's your friend. Who's muscular, in the sketch, strong. In the sketch. And the other dude Very is... Stoic. Another guy, Justin Mitchell, who's, who's shorter. And, like, in the sketch, you owe this guy money. I owe this guy money. And okay. I'm eating... I have a rainbow shirt and I'm eating Froyo. Uh, I'm wearing Sketchers. Which are which I don't think they even make them anymore. Rocker bottom <laughs> shoes, where the show you know like to rock. show you, Bill is not all right. Okay, yeah. he's just being funny. But I'm trying to like I'm going with the idea that white people are kind of gay. Yeah, yeah, white people are totally white people are gay across the board. <laughs> Here it is: uh, how a white man says the N word to a black man. Yo, what's up, kid? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Yo, you got my money? 
Oh, sorry, bro. I had to buy a new pair of rocker bottom shoes. I'll get your money to you next week. Is that cool, dude? Hell no, that ain't cool, dude. Where my money? I need my money right now. You don't have to be talking to me like that, nigga. What's going on? But you need to have my money right now. Empty your pockets. Get my money right now. Well, I thought we were cool. Why are you tripping, nigga? <laughs> hey, dude, forget that. If you don't have my money right now, I'm gonna put three hot ones in you right now, dude. Where my money at? <laughs> now you threatening me? Nigga, please. Man, forget that, dude. You need to listen, nigga. You get your money next week, nigga. So quit acting like a bitch ass, nigga. Nigga. Thanks, man. You my nigga. <laughs> I felt like I was watching. Uh, a deleted scene from Django Unchained. <laughs> That's right. So that clip actually went viral, right? Yeah, it's gone viral in like different venues, different formats. Like it went, it was, it got viral. First, it was like on uh, YouTube, and then hood clips, and then oh, Facebook. Hood clips. Actually, yeah. it, got, it got viral on Facebook because some DJ Several in Berlin uh, yeah. made it like a meme, like sort of in the early days of meme. Sure. And. Uh, it's a how white man says N word. It says ooh, fucking cop died. driving into the what are, fucking semi. How good driver, by the way. About to do jitsu your ass. Yeah. Um, so, so this DJ in uh, Berlin posts on his Facebook, and it got like eight million views in a day. Well, that's so that's because like you know this is a, like more of a sketch rather than a bit, but it's like interesting how a bit with the access of the internet and for uh, if it goes viral, how that can make a career these days. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at Angela Johnson, who had that, what was her, Kiki, the nail girl, mm -hmm. or like... Uh, boyfriend. Yeah, or more famously, Hannibal Buress's Cosby bit. Buress? Is that how you pronounce it? I, I okay. think that's how you pronounce it. How do you say it? Burris. Burris. Hannibal Burris. Uh, it's, it's amazing how one clip can, like make a career like that right absolutely yeah this obviously didn't do it for me for this this <laughs> bit but you know at one point the laugh factor had my name said bill walt does how you say it. and then a lot of people told me too they were like oh man that could really hurt your career that video could really hurt your career I'm like, why no, why would it hurt your career because somehow i'm being racist being in that video yeah uh well no i think you played it well because that's the whole conceit of the bit that's what makes it funny yeah you know and i'm it's it's a it's a show produced and written by black people yeah. and organized by black people, starring two other black people. So I you see how defensive it. Bill is. He what? wants you to know he's not racist. Look, okay? some of my best friends have friends who are black. <laughs> On that note, uh, we are heading into Reno. It's actually very beautiful. Yes, driving to Reno. It's like mountains and canyons and because we're not quite Jeep Wrangler. We're not quite more in, in Tahoe. In the methy part of Reno. Yeah, more in Tahoe or whatever. The methy part of Reno called Reno. Look at you, dude. We are going to have a great week here. We'll, we'll try to record some segments out you. Yeah. Out here, have some fun stuff going on. It's been uh, it's been fun. We have the NBA draft, uh, which I'm sure DeAndre Aiden will go number one. The Kings will find a way. What about the Ball Brothers? To fuck it up. And I'm sure the Ball Brothers will be playing for Reno's third division professional team. If they're lucky. Very soon. Uh, usually we record this on Wednesday. It's Tuesday right now. The matches tomorrow in the World Cup are Portugal, Morocco, Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Spain. Again, we're in the AFC North uh, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals midseason matchup portion of the World Cup. So not much to go on that. Other than that, it's been a fun road trip. Yeah, we're almost there. We are almost there. What's the theme of the road trip been? Uh and Rocks? What is that thing? Oh, yeah, the Charles Barkley. We were talking about Charles Barkley, and then I became... I remember this commercial he did for Taco Bell, 
that I, I felt like a lot of people had to be on drugs to make this happen and to agree to air it on national television. Yeah. It was like three years ago or something. Yeah. And it's the worst commercial I've ever seen in my life. But it's so bad, it's good. It's like so the bad. room of commercials. Yeah, it really is. It's and like, it has Chuck Barkley talk rapping. Wow. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna play you out on that for now, guys. I'm Sean Joshi. Follow me at, at Sean Joshi Two A's on Instagram and MySpace. Also at Fanatics Pod, uh, at Fanatics Pod. Also on Instagram on MySpace. Are you really in MySpace? You're joking. No. Yeah, it's it's a joke, Bill. That's okay. how that's how. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if MySpace is still a thing. Tell the people where to find you, Bill. You can find me at Bill Dawes on uh, at Instagram or Twitter. Okay, and what did, what did you learn today? Huh? What did you learn today? I learned that you're a liberal little Nancy boy. That's what I learned. I apparently am a liberal little Nancy. I hang out with liberals and then <laughs> I'm the, the, oh, what you, I hang out with, you're not even concerned, but I hang out with concerned and then I'm liberal Nancy boy. I think that means I'm right. You are right. Everyone always accuses me That's of everything right. else. Just Soy make boy. me dictator of the president for life. Agreed. The world will be perfect. And I also realize that your brother doesn't really want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, here is It Rocks, It Rocks, the $5 bu Buck Box with Chuck Barkley. The five buck box, it rocks, it rocks. It rocks for a meal with locks and locks. It rocks for a jock, it rocks for a fox. It rocks blocking shots on guys with dreadlocks. What comes in this box, this box that rocks? A cheesy gordita, crunch to much. We Crunchy taco and cinnamon twists, both on the list. And wait, let me think, an ice cold drink. There is lots of lots in just one box. It is only five bucks, and that's why it rocks.